Souls running in color, color, color. Kick the lies that they wonder, wonder, wonder. Break the pressure that I'm under, under, under. Straight stunning in color, color, color. Welcome to The Color Within, a podcast by Subi People that explores the brilliant, colorful assets that people bring to the world and the environments they spend the most time in, including the workplace, community neighborhoods, and more. All while navigating a world with color codes. I'm Lydia, your host, and join us in this episode where we talk with Jillian, who is a lover of connecting people together and works at a Fortune 500 company. We'll explore the color she holds within and how to achieve equity in the workplace. Join us. All right, well, welcome, Jillian. Thank you so much for joining. And, uh, yes. And can you tell us more about where you're from and more about your ethnic heritage? Absolutely. So Jillian Winston, um, I am originally from Baltimore, Maryland. So my, my fiance, because my from, my from story is kind of, kind of long, but I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, both of my parents were born in Baltimore, Maryland. And I moved to Atlanta when I was very young. And so I claim Atlanta. I claim I'm a true <laughs> ATL. And nice. ethnicity-wise, I will say my mom's side from the from Sanford, North Carolina, is the roots of where my family's from. Very country, um, very, you know, I mean, it's, it's North Carolina, right? So you think about yes. Atlanta there. And my dad's side, my dad's grandmother was actually full Cherokee Indian. So those are kind of like the of, you know, both sides of my parents and kind of how I came about. That's awesome. That's awesome. And if you could pick one color, what would be the color of your soul? The color of my soul? Deep question. Very deep question. <laughs> I would have to say orange. Mm. orange is a very vibrant color you know you think about the origins of where orange comes from when you mix yellow and you mix the fiery red it just mm. gives that I don't know that 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 fire that passion um nice. and also that that energy I kind of look at yellow as like the sun right yeah and so it would definitely be the color orange that's awesome and what positive qualities do people say that you have? Positive qualities, very transparent, <laughs> which that could be a good or bad thing. <laughs> so very transparent, uh, but also personable. And I think mm -hmm. that that contributes or is, is aligned to, you know, me moving, or, moving around quite a bit, um, being from Baltimore and then considering myself an AC alien making my way to the Midwest. Uh, I think it helps that, you know, the personable attribute comes from just being exposed to a lot of different cultures and backgrounds. Awesome, awesome. And can you tell me more about what you're passionate about? Absolutely. So I am very, very passionate about being a centerpiece to my network. And it doesn't mm -hmm. have to necessarily be my immediate network, um, but mm -hmm. also my, my just, broad network of anyone that I may cross paths with, 
I love to be able to connect them to someone else for their benefit. So it could be through, for example, you know, I could be having a conversation with you, Lydia, and you share more about your background. And I immediately, in my mind, think about who do I know with a similar, mm -hmm. you know, with a, either a similar background or who do I know that may be an, an asset of a relationship to this person that I'm talking to. And I love to make connections. Yeah, that's so awesome. That is so awesome. And, you know, what what do people pay you to do? Oh, good question. My day job. So people pay me to do, I, I am within the talent acquisition function and I serve as a consultant to the talent acquisition function, as well as our business partners to help us drive inclusion. And so my job is to ensure that we are embedding inclusion at every stage of our talent acquisition process to ultimately lead to more diverse talent pipelines and then organically making an impact on diverse representation in the professional services industry. So that's what I get paid to do. Um, prior to that, I, I was still in HR, but I was on more of the scientific aspect of HR and executive compensation. So I spent a couple mm. of years in uh, finance background, um, but I was looking to transition to the art aspect of HR. And I consider what I do now really the art aspect in a creative role. Um, mm. And, you know, a role where it's, it's meaningful. It's meaningful. Yes. Time yes. for it, it's time for more representation of what the U.S. actually looks like in every dynamic. So every industry, right? Whether you right. it should be resembled of what our demographic layout is, and to, at this to the, to date, it's not. Right, right. And what are some examples of how you make the workplace more equitable? Ah, oh, that's a great question. How how I make it equitable, or is it more so how we could collectively make it equitable? Just just real examples that you know in your in your role where you've seen you know some transformation where you know things have gotten more equitable. Sure, sure. So I I, I think one aspect is to be honest with yourself. Mm. And not just with yourself, but like honest as where you are as an organization um, and understanding that in connection with being honest, there has to be sacrifice in order for it to be an equitable environment. Because right. historically, you realize, and this is not me speaking specifically to my organization, but there are pretty, plenty of studies out there that that know, you know, you look at the pay equity gap, right, with women, right. you look at the pay equity gap with against people of color, and it's just mm -hmm. not the same. So how do we right. make it right? And I think the first step to that is being honest about where you are. And I think mm -hmm. the second step is recognizing that there is going to be a level of sacrifice, not from everyone, right but in order for it to be an equitable organization you may have to take a look at who your current colleagues are and are they treated fairly not just from a conversational base but the things that happen behind the scenes opportunities mm -hmm. advancement pay right mm -hmm. when you're when, when you're hired right that process and what you go through of being hired you may not necessarily have a connection in the industry right and that's okay 
right? But we right. want to make sure that it is just a fair treatment. Um, and I and I think that's really what drives making an equitable organization is the honesty factor, and then realizing that it does take some sacrifice in order for everyone to be treated fairly. Right, definitely. And you know, how do you ensure um, there's equity? Um, to your point of you know hiring, promotion, um, and just you know in in pay, are there certain um, metrics involved or any other um, consequences if there's that gap um, there how, how is that uh, managed there I think a lot of people are trying to figure it out you hear a lot mm-hmm. about you know pay for performance um, which has always been a thing but it's been more so the performance KPIs um, key performance indicators mm-hmm. have been more so tied around EBITDA, revenue, right? Or let's say if you're in the manufacturing industry, cost savings, the KPIs mm-hmm. have been more so aligned to that, the balance sheet, the financial statement, right? Right. Studies and Kinsey has released this, other, other notable consulting firms have released these studies that diverse representation actually has a direct impact on the, on the bottom line, right? So while it's not necessarily an itemized right. item on a financial statement, it has a direct correlation to it. And right. forward, it's, it is important for corporations to consider to have KPIs specifically around diversity representation. In order mm-hmm. to get there, it's, it's not just something that you click on like that, right? Yeah. Um, to have access to data, to be able to drive that. Um, but when you think about it specifically to from a, a talent attraction lens, there are a couple of things that you can implement or consider implementing when driving inclusion and making it more equitable, right? So, you know, before you consider roles, what is the representation in the talent pool? You know what I mean? If, you, if you're filling a role in, let's say, New York, what is the demographic makeup of New York as a first step? then what is the demographic makeup of New York for the job or job role you're looking to fill? So you kind of have a benchmark. Your talent pool should be reflective of that, right? right? It it should be a way for you to kind of get a a gauge of what your talent pool Mm. should be out there. Um, Another aspect is focusing on, you know, what you can control as an organization. So ensuring that you have you have um, diverse representation at the interview slate. So those that are conducting interviews, the same mm-hmm. questions, right? Streamline, streamlining questions um, and ensuring that everyone has to follow the same process. Those are some things of how you can make it, make the process of, you know, interviewing for, for externals or if it's someone that's internal looking to make a transition, um, you know, and that you can do in the immediate. Okay, awesome, awesome. And, you know, I've, I've seen talks where people encourage companies to come up with those goals and come up with milestone dates of when they want to accomplish those goals. Um, so have you seen any examples of any companies out there that have really good metrics and milestone dates, you know, of when they want to accomplish um, kind of achieving that the equity there? Actually, there's a pledge that was recently um, announced, and the company that I work for is actually a part of that pledge, along with 29 other companies. Relatively mm-hmm. big companies, would consider I would consider all of them, I believe, in the Fortune 500, right? 
and mm-hmm. they specifically made a, a pledge of so it's x amount it's one million high, one million black and or african-american hires over the course of the next 10 years mm-hmm. across they made a pledge to do that um that is transparency right mm-hmm. i've seen where companies have specific goals aligned to women, um, especially in senior leadership roles. Um, I've seen goals where companies have, you know, direct hiring goals tied to veterans and veteran placement, um, as well as people of color. And I would say people of color is becoming more of a focus for some, not for mm-hmm. not for everybody, but for, for some, um, especially given the events that happened this summer. Right yeah. now, there's a large population that has seen that happen for centuries. Right. But this year, you know, it became more mainstream of what right. happened. Right. And because of what happened, it is causing people to kind of wake up and take a step back and realize, OK, we need to put more traction behind what we're doing from a DEI lens. Um, as well as putting goals behind it in KPIs, right? So there's that that piece that kind of aligns to the impact of how we can perform financially and how we can just do better collectively. Yes, that's awesome. And, you know, it's great to hear about, you know, this pledge that these large companies have made, um, that certain leaders are really putting a focus and emphasis on it. And is there anything um, that can be done more on the colleague level to help achieve this goal of equity? Yes, so outside of leadership, uh, or I would say senior leadership, so those at you know, C-suite or direct senior director, et cetera, because every organization has different leveling and titling, um, we're all responsible. We're all yes. responsible. And it's important for us to collectively bring our authentic selves to work. Of course, compliant, right? You wanna be professional, but bring (laughs) your authentic self to work because you're allowing people to see you for who you are, Mm -hmm. right? You're allowing them to see you for who you are in an environment um, that it was more so buttoned up years ago, right? And that exposure organically will help people from a cross-cultural collaboration and education standpoint, learn more about Mm -hmm. people their bubble right because when you go home you do typically lean towards those in your network can commonly be composed of who looks like you right right which is important for us to take a step outside of our networks too to make sure that they're diverse but when you're in the workplace you know with the increase of representation of diversity um especially outside of the senior leadership roles i would like to see you know within the next couple of years more representation at the top from a DEI perspective. But when you think about the individual contributor or the management level role, it's such a big impact because mm. managers do make hiring decisions, right? right. And then the bringing people into the organization and not just the manager, but their team are on the interview panel and on the interview slate. So they're also making an Im- Im- impact on who's getting hired. So it's important that you know, the more that we're able to bring our authentic selves to work, the more that we're able to bring our authentic selves when we're interviewing for a job is going to directly correlate to a more open environment as well as open the eyes for individuals that when they go home, you know, it's more so I'm looking at myself, right? Right. Um, So that's pretty, pretty important. 
being a champion and being vocal about certain things. I think, you know, it's it's been so more so when you're an individual contributor, sometimes people are very hesitant on speaking up. Um, and it depends on what culture you work in, right? However, mm-hmm. there's a, there's, although there's a time and a place for everything, it's still important no matter if you're an individual contributor or not, you're still making an impact to that organization. So if you see something that is not equitable for someone that, you know, or a level playing field, say something. It's okay. You know, it's yeah. okay. It's okay to, if you interview someone who may not have performed the best during that interview, but if you see something special in them and the rest of your team is leaning towards maybe someone else, still say something, right? Speak up for that person because your perspective means a lot and the impact of who we're bringing into the organization. So little things like that, um, it's okay to, to be vocal about opportunities for everyone to be treated fairly. Yes, absolutely. And I I love that, like not having to compartmentalize who we are, you know, who we are at home and then going into work and having to um, be different. So, yeah, I love that bringing your authentic self to work. And um, I'm curious, too, when you mentioned about the managers, you know, they have that power to hire people. Um, How do we incentivize managers to hire uh, people from more diverse backgrounds? That's a great question. There are, a, there are a couple of ways to do it. Again, they can have certain KPIs, right? So mm-hmm. what you can do is you can take a look at the lay of the land. So wherever that manager may be hiring, they, it may be remote now, but let's say primarily they hire in the LA office, mm-hmm. right? Depending on what the representation is in California, um, or what the representation is in California in the field that that manager is hiring in, his team, him, his or her team should be reflective of that. Should be reflective of that. And can you set KPIs regard, like uh, around that? Also, there's a KPI from a management perspective of retention. So I, I, I do think that, you know, when you think about hiring managers and it's a big it's a big responsibility to be a manager, right? A huge responsibility to be a manager. And not only are you, you know, working, but you're, you're also being a, you know, if you're an effective manager, you're listening, you know, you want to make sure you have a comfortable space where your team can come talk to you. Think about being a manager in the year that we've had and all of the personal impacts that people have been through. Right. And so you think about that and the support that a manager typically provides or should provide. And, you know, if you notice that people are staying, you know, with that manager every maybe like three, six, nine years, I think a manager should be rewarded for that. Rewarded mm-hmm. for the act of keeping colleagues at the organization. Um, even if it is an opportunity where a colleague is transitioning roles internally that's still a part of retention. So once they help them maneuver in the, you know, and manage their career inside of the organization, you know, you, you've allowed that person to explore opportunities at X company and not go somewhere else. Like that's a, that's a big deal. So those are a few different ways. I do think again, from a representation and a diversity standpoint, um, there's an opportunity when you take a look at the lay of the land and set some KPIs around that. Um, but also keeping in mind career advancement opportunities and retention. 
Um, and, and I think that's a direct correlation to a manager's responsibilities. Granted, people are going yeah. to, people are going to leave, right? They're going to go to other companies. It, it just happened. But it mm-hmm. says something when you have a team and you have a team of people that have stayed beyond five years. It says something. Absolutely, yes. And I love building in the incentives into the structure. Um, and earlier you talked about sacrifice, that companies have to make those sacrifices because it's really an investment you know, to make sure that that whole pipeline is working really well. Um, what are some of other sacrifices that companies um, need to make in order to reach kind of this goal of, of equity? It really, you know, it it really depends. It depends on the industry that of what company we're we're speaking towards. It depends on, you know, how far along a company is in their journey in regards yes. to EE and I. And I just think, you know, the again the the between the honesty and the honesty and being in the sacrifice piece, you just, they have to go hand in hand. And I think if you think about that in anything that you do as a company, then it'll help, right? And anything that you drive as a company, you ought, you automatically think about what's the impact from a DE&I perspective. You know, are we being inclusive in how we're, and how we are moving forward with this, with this project, who we're bringing on this project, um, what client we're working with. Right. How we're responding to RFPs. All of that goes into play. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as you think about the, the financial impact, if you automatically think about the inclusion aspect, too, that says something. And that's going to help drive an, an inclusive culture. That's awesome. And what what are the consequences, you know, if companies do not make these sacrifices, if they're not honest in the long run, um, what's the impact? So that's a great question. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily know the, the true answer to that. I don't know the true answer. Um, and, I, and I don't know if from a governance perspective, we're still growing, right? And we're still, you can, you can tell that from a governance perspective, you're starting to see more focus on companies maybe being taxed. For certain, you know, if you're not meeting certain diversity quali- or requirements, um, for example, in the state of California, a couple of years ago, they they implemented if you are headquartered in the state, if your company's headquartered in the state of California, and you make less than X amount in revenue, um, well, then you should have at least one female on your board, and if you don't by this date, you get taxed, right? Great. So if you if you were in the next tier of revenue, then you should have at least two females represented on your board. If you don't, you will be taxed, right? Wow. The more, and I, and I think we're going to start to see that more for people of color as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the more that you start to see things like that, the more that that's going to actually drive change. Yes. And I think that a level of what the you know, repercussion could be for, for not doing it. I think we're still trying to figure that out. However, it's just the right thing to do. Right. The right thing. 
And if you Mm -hmm. really want to continue to be competitive in, in my mind, diversity is key in that. Right. Industries are constantly evolving. There's so much yeah. going on that you've got to have those diverse perspectives to stay ahead of the game. Absolutely. Yes. Well, this is so this has been so awesome. Thank you so much, Jillian, for sharing. Um, and I appreciate you joining. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and join us in the next episode of The Color Within.